When I'm craving fried chicken or seafood with a special Cajun touch, I go to Functor Fried Fish and Chicken. Located at 9230 Skillman Street in Dallas, Texas, Chef Mike and crew fry up a combination of delicious oysters, succulent shrimp, a selection of tasty po' boy sandwiches, and spicy fish and chicken combos that are sure to satisfy your palate. Complete your meal Southern style with a slice of lemon crunch cake or perfectly powdered beignets. Order online for pickup or dine in our uniquely designed location with Southern Hospitality. Hospitality served up by Functified's excellent staff. DFW's best spot for Cajun fried is Functified Fish and Chicken. See you soon. Fishbowl Radio Network. FBRN.US. Jump in.
Well, welcome to Mental Speak. Mental and Emotional Balance. You are now locked in to the Mental Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. Hey, Mental Speak family, it's your host, Latanya Davison, licensed master social worker, Latanya Davison, checking in with you this Friday afternoon on the Mental Speak radio show at the world-renowned Fishbowl Radio Network. Did I say that it's an award-winning show? <laughs> award-winning show, Mental Speak radio. Uh... I want to say hello to you, those in North Texas listening, those to you listening across the country and around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We're about to get into a great topic to get self and society into balance. Mental wellness for the winter time. Um, let me let me recap October because it's it's November second, but I want to recap October. October was a great month for the Mental Speak Show. Just you know, my my goal is to have really high caliber uh, folks that come in here that offer you information that allows you to grasp it, bring it into your life, have discussions that can be uncomfortable. Uh, conversations that we otherwise don't want to have, don't want to hold, whether it relates to, um, you know, race issues, tribe issues, as I call them, um, you know, issues in your home, issues at work, issues in your relationships. All those things lead to an imbalance within ourselves. And we often don't know, we don't have the answers to solve those problems. And what I've uncovered and discovered from doing work in mental health is you got to talk about your problems. You do. You just got to get it out there. And many of us don't know how. We don't know what to say. We don't have the information for direction and guidance to get where we need to get. And we can stay in one place emotionally and mentally for the rest of our lives. You could literally pass away and have all the same things that you had on your plate from the moment, you know, you came into the world. So for me, my contribution to society, I like to think, and to the world is to facilitate a space, a safe space for conversation, a safe space for us to have these difficult discussions. They may make you uncomfortable. You may not agree with some of the things that are said, but for the most part, I'm coming at you from a perspective, a social psychologist perspective, a, a social worker perspective, but mostly a human perspective. Okay. And I want you to have all as much information as you can about the reality so that you can apply it so that you can begin to think differently to level up in your consciousness and just be more aware. You may not do anything with it. You may not apply it. I had a uh, professor Griff on last week of public enemy and he said something really profound. He said, you know, we can't tell people what to do with the information. And it really resonated with me because it's something that as a, a mental health therapist, I can't tell someone that I'm working with what to do with the knowledge and the information that they're given. They may have a mental health, di a mental illness diagnosis. They may be going through, you know, difficulties in their lives 
you know what? People have a choice. You have a choice. You can do something about it. You can do nothing about it. But either way, you cannot say that you didn't get the information. So that is the purpose behind the Mental Speak show. I bring wonderful people in here, as I did throughout the month of October, to shed light on situations. Had the public relations team for uh, Bill Cosby call in, Andrew Wyatt and Ebony Benson, just to shed light on something. We didn't have a, a certain level of information. We have new information. Mike Vini, who is a mental health advocate and uh, you know a person who lives with bipolar disorder, very open, shared his perspective as a man, as a, as a black man uh, with the world to give people insight on you know how to, how to overcome, how to face it, how to deal. Okay, so same thing is going to keep coming every show that I do, whether it's a social issue or whether it's a mental health issue. We are going to discuss it and I'm going to bring wonderful people to sit in here with me in the studio. This guy that I have today is this this my ace. This is my ace boom coon. Well, I am here. <laughs> He's here, Scotty. Welcome back. Well, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm always happy to have you. Licensed professional counselor, Scotty Gilmore. I'm right here, and okay. I'm glad to be here with, La- with LaTanya. And we always have a good time when you It come. is fun. It is fun. These hours go by quick. It really does. Because you're, and, and the reason why, you know, I, I it's got to be light, doesn't it? Because the work that we do can be heavy. Yeah. Yeah, really you got to keep it keep it light, man. You better be able to keep it light. We we actually almost kind of even border on uh, disrespectful. So, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you you end up with a sick sense of humor uh, to a certain extent, but it's it's to balance. Um, you know, that's obviously why I do stand up comedy as well. It's just to bring balance. But Scotty, whenever you come in here, we just we're able to tackle something so heavy, which is mental illness. Sure. Um, Sure. We get to look at that and um, we look, you get to look at how it affects people in all different spectrums and their families yes. and loved ones and uh, symptoms and signs to watch out for. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do that today. It, it, it you, <laughs> Scotty and I were saying how we walked into the store just like a week ago. Hello, Christmas. Like, yeah. you didn't even get a chance. I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I I was walking. I was in Walmart. The uh, I mean, like a week ago, maybe two weeks ago at this point, and I was over by the the sheets, and I walked to the next aisle, and I was in Christmas trees, Hi, and I Christmas. thought this is just not possible. <laughs> it you know doesn't it feel it feels like cyclical? It, I don't know how. I mean, we're you know. I'm 40. You're 29, but I'm 40, right? <laughs> and so how do I'm sick of I'm tired. I'm tired of the cycle. Like it's like a merry-go-round to me. It, I don't think it ever stops. It never it, stops. You know, does one, it? I mean, even before one holiday is pushed out the door, we have another coming in. I'm over it. I don't know how people can be I mean, everybody's got their thing and some people love it, but in terms of someone who is, and we're going to talk about this today, not even necessarily, mental, we're, we're going to look at if you have a mental illness diagnosis. If you don't, you may just have stress. You may not know that you have something going on. You may be grieving. 
I know a lot of people that had deaths this year. So we're going to touch on grief today and how to manage the emotions of grief. We're going to give you the process of grief, the stages of grief, and what you may be facing during the holiday season. I've gone through it. I I, I know it, breakups, right? Breakups happen. Tell me. Not just that, right? <laughs> loss. <laughs> All kinds of loss. Um, things like that. But when you're smacked in the face with the traditions of a holiday, traditions really kind of tell you what you're supposed to do. Sure. Sure. They They kind of... They kind of dictate what what's happened in the past and and trigger um, the what's supposed to happen this year and next year and what's expected. Um, so I think that that's important that we look at, yeah. you know, and um, and as as we go into this season. Yes, yes. So that's what I wanted to do today. I wanted to have a you know kind of a mental wellness as as the cold kicks in. We, we immediately begin thinking about, you know, what's to come. I always, I'm very open. I, I, I share my own personal testimony. But whenever the seasons change for me, I know, I I guess you would call it remission with depression. But I, uh, years ago, when the cold would hit of October, like that first cold, I would imme- immediately become depressed. Um, and I'm not talking just sad because the seasons were going to change. I'm talking a literal physical brain. Like I could feel biologically my brain starting to change, which there's some normalcy to that, that we learn that we do cycle. Sure. With the seasons. Sure. And I think that, um, the, you know, we talk about seasonal affective disorder. Yes. And, um, I think we're going to get into that a little bit Mm -hmm. further and deeper, um, in a bit, but, um, I, I think that it's a real thing, and I think that it affects different people differently. You know, I don't think that um, I think with all mental illness or, or mental issues that um, that it, it can look different on different people. Yes, that's the number one thing that's so important. I'm so glad you mentioned that because we have people who. Uh, you know, Scotty and I work in psychiatric industry, and so how many times are people in denial about what they're going through? You know, they come into the hospital, and what's, what do they say to us all the time? It's oh, like, it's, I don't belong I, here. I, I don't, <laughs> nobody belongs in the hospital. Let me tell you. No, no. I don't, I've never had a patient that said, well, I do occasionally have patients. But but, I, but I'll tell you, you've got a good good percentage of them that say, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not. I, I don't, I, I don't have I delusions. Here? Yeah. Why there, are, I there are people in my attic that want to come in, you know, are watching me, and they want to eat my baby you know and you'll say sir you're not pregnant yeah and they'll say no but i am (laughs) (laughs) and that's like on that on on the furthest end of the psychosis spectrum all the way down to the person in their home who is snapping at everybody nothing wrong with me i don't have any i don't what are you talking about i don't have any problems there's nothing wrong with me right and as the seasons kick in, you're talking about numerous triggers in the environment, numerous triggers in the environment that uh, signal for people that they're not even aware of different symptoms, different symptoms, okay? And so particularly during this time, I wanted to do this early in November because I want you to be aware. I want you to be armed with uh, 
the tools uh, for you to to go into the season where you have the knowledge, right? So you can't go can't go in if you're listening to the show or if you're sharing this with somebody. You cannot say you didn't know because you're going to be on point with the Mental Speak show and you're going to have the information that you need. Okay, so seasonal. Let, let's break down, Scotty. Let's get into this. So seasonal depression, what they call seasonal affective disorder. Um, it, I wondered if this is what I had um, because it did seem to cycle. Uh, the only thing for me is that I would also get depressed during the summertime. So it's known that we, uh, depending on your body cycles, um, there's some people that cycle in, in, in the summertime. In the springtime. Sure. Okay. But specific to seasonal affective disorder, what is looked at is during the beginning of the fall, it it kicks off during fall and winter season. As the days get shorter. As the days get shorter, less sunlight. Yeah. Less vitamin D access. Right. Uh, we tend to not go outside. Yeah. We're inside. Um there's there isn't really full understanding of what seasonal affective disorder is they they're looking at uh serotonin right serotonin levels certain hormones um it's really sort of a newer um diagnosis yes. or something that we've kind of come enlightened to in the last probably decade it's say, not yeah. it, it's not something that you certainly didn't hear of it more than I mean, just maybe a little bit over a decade ago. But, I mean, it really is a, a, a new diagnosis yes. that we are, are finding in, in people. And it's a, it's a mild thing, generally speaking. It's not always something that, you know, overcomes a person. But, um, you know, as we've investigated, I think we find that, you know, it affects more people than was first thought. Yes. And, I, and you know, clearly research is going to show Clearly, research is yet to come because we have to be able to connect. Someone's got to do the research to be able to connect what is this increase. It may be something like autism where we just weren't aware. You know, maybe seasonal affective just. Seasonal affective disorder, something that we didn't have an awareness of. I believe that would be the truth. That may be the case. I I mean, that's where I would come from. Yes, we may also have to consider. You know how walking into Walmart <laughs> at October twenty second, right? <laughs> and seeing, I think it was last year. I was watching, I want to say, uh, the Great Pumpkin or something. <laughs> Me and my son were watching Charlie Brown on ABC, and I swear to you, they played the Hershey Kiss. You know, the little Bell Kiss <laughs> commercial. Yeah. It was Oct- literally October 22nd, and I'm like, can we get past the 31st before we do this? Right. Well, I mean, and it used to be, I mean, like, when I was a child, which was a few months, it just, was... Just a couple years ago. a few years just ago. Just a few years ago. Um, but when I, you know, when I was a kid, I mean, I, I seem to remember that, you know, it started with Halloween, yeah. then we sort of built up to Thanksgiving, and, you know, now... You know, it's September and they're like, they've got the pumpkins out. And I'm like, what? How did this, how did this happen so soon? And, you know, it's, it, it all, when I was a kid, I, it seemed like earlier, I mean, the first you had the school year yeah. and then you had, 
Then you had Halloween was first the you know the beginning of it. So imagine what this generation of children would tell when they're talking, you know, down the line. Yeah, when I was a kid, you know, Labor Day, we saw Halloween, you know, yeah. immediately. It And so as far as Scotty stated the word expectations, the expectations of seeing the holidays so soon. Now that kicks in for us all that comes with those traditions. Sure. It, we don't even have a chance to adjust. And when someone, as you said, you're looking back to the past, you're looking back mm-hmm. to what has been expected. Sure. That's a burden in and of itself. So I would imagine that's got to factor into this change, you know, uh, th- this mental shift that happens right sure. around fall. And it's ap- happening earlier and, and earlier. Earlier, yeah, sure. Okay. So talking about triggers. It may very well be that again something that you, that we learned down the line that seeing a, I would imagine seeing a Christmas tree in September or you know October even has got to trigger for some all that comes with that Christmas is coming if you've had loss that year you have to start already thinking about grieving sure making it through that time but let's let's what we're going to break down so seasonal affective disorder. Uh, It's said that it starts in about young adulthood. It's more common in women than in men. It's a mood disorder. Mood disorder. It would be considered a mood disorder. Yes, yes, yes. Um, The symptoms that you're going to see, it's going to include symptoms of depression. Now, Scotty, is there what? Is this a test? This is a test. Okay. I've Uh, sat for uh, several tests to get my license. Let me see if I can answer this. Here we go. How does one differentiate between whether it's seasonal affective disorder or major depression? Is there any marker that shows that it's something greater? I don't have the answer either, but I'm going to go here to my notes. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see if we can jump with that and find out. No, I think that there is definitely a difference. I think think with experience, um, you get to recognize... Um, what certain diagnoses look like. Yes. Um, and it's uh, sometimes it's hard to articulate exactly what seasonal affective disorder, which is something I honestly don't come in contact with every day. The patients that I'm dealing with are, yes. are definitely more acute. But, um, you know, when you're talking about seasonal affective disorder, or you're talking about um, major depression or bipolar schizophrenia or uh, OCD or any of these, when you're in the field and you're seeing them every day, you go, oh, that's, that's what yeah. that looks like. Yeah. You know, and we it, have a patient right now that they think they have disassociates disorder. Um, Disassociative identity. Yeah. That word. And, and they... Um, they keep saying, I have multiple personality, I have multiple personality, I have multiple personality. And I I say, no, 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 I've seen that. This is not what you have. <laughs> you can have it if you want it, but we're not, we're not diagnosing that. <laughs> so less energy. Um, a person may be asking themselves, and we're getting, that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you the symptoms so that you can see. Now, mind you, you are going to go to your practitioner, right? We would highly recommend that if you see these symptoms, you are going to see your practitioner. You're going to go to the doctor immediately. And the recommendation is if you've seen it for two weeks or greater, if you see this in a loved one, 
you may recommend to your loved one, you know, to get help because you you don't know what you're going to need. You may need some therapy through the season. You may need, um, you know, medication if that's something you and your doctor decide. Yeah, light therapy. Lamps. You may not necessarily have to go the pharmacological route, Um, but it's something that if you see these markers, you know, to make yourself aware so that you can take action. So less energy. And these are, I mean, this this diagnosis is oftentimes can be addressed, you know, doesn't have to be addressed by a professional. It can be self-diagnosed right. yes. because it's really a mild form yes. of, of a major depression. It's something that's usually recurrent that you're seeing, you're seeing repeatedly in patterns in your life. Um, it usually resolves itself within a couple of months. You know, it's... Probably years ago, we used to say, you know, oh, he's in a funk. He's going to snap out of it. And a month month later or two months later, the person would snap out of it, you know. And we didn't have the labels that we have now. Exactly. And today we love labels. Yes. You know, insurance companies love labels. Patients love labels. Clinicians love labels. We have labels for everything. Everything. And, and, you know, the thing about it, this is what, and Scotty and I are the same school of thought, where we are about the label for the help, right? For the resource. You've got to be able to name something. And and really in the psychiatric industry, that's kind of, if you want to look at just the basis blanket need for diagnoses is to be able to call something what it is. If you see, you know, because think of decades ago <laughs> remember when they would call something just a nervous disorder right, right. if a woman had uh, premenstrual syndrome oh she's just nervous put her in a room and lock Hysterical. her up somewhere right <laughs> she's just hyster- hysteria <laughs> so you, you know be grateful for the 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 labels the ability to look at different symptoms and to isolate the problem so that you can treat it specifically less energy trouble concentrating Fatigue, where you literally, and, and rumor, fatigue is something that is, you can't get out of bed. It may hurt to get off the couch, right? You cannot drag yourself to do the things that you typically have been doing. Uh, you may be eating more. Now, I know we say, this is something else that makes it a little difficult because it's holidays, right? And it's about eating. Yeah. But if you find yourself, you know, just, just indulging and in getting up to eat to comfort yourself, eating as a coping mechanism sure. right you find yourself feeling down you start eating more uh if you desire to isolate more than usual okay sure. social withdrawal social withdrawal um and Feeling? we're not we're not talking about when your family is getting on your nerves that's one thing right. we're talking everything's okay but you're wanting to go into a dark room right you know be isolation like isolation um how about feeling hopelessness feeling I mean, hopelessness the, the yes. life is just not going to turn around that there's no hope yeah little sadness no it's beyond just a little bit of sadness this mm. is the actual thought because what we've got to do for for people is to introduce them to you may be feeling something but you have to add in a conscious thought to explain what you're feeling, okay? Because that's what that's what we do with therapy is we're giving people language and awareness to be able to put words to what they feel. Because you may just be, you know, you're you're you don't want to go out. You you're isolating to yourself, and the feeling within you is just 
dread and foreboding. You don't know why, but we need you to be able to put something to this. You feel hopeless. You may be feeling like your relationships are falling apart. If you find yourself saying, woe is me, everything is horrible, everything is awful, that's pretty much what it's going to sound like, right? Right. It's going to sound like the end of the world. Uh, Greater need for sleep. And you may put on weight, okay? Um, And... This is just a sign of good living. It's not depression. That we're I know, here. right here, here too. This is a lot of a uh, lot of good treats that I that I like <laughs> to partake in. Um, you know what this sounds like, though. And this is the tough part about it is it sounds like a human being going into hibernation mode, right? right. Doesn't it just kind of powering down? Right. And here in the northern hemisphere, if you're going through winter, yes, there is. A part of this that is just a powering down for the season. I ask a lot of uh, patients that I work with to become very conscious about their bodies during seasonal changes, during moon cycles, right? You've got to be in tune and aware to know that some of this is normal. But once what Scotty said, the key is when the hopelessness kicks in, if you find yourself, uh, you know, irrationally thinking in addition to these symptoms, that's when you know it may be depression. Right. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, as Scotty said, many different types of treatment that don't even require medication. Uh, I'd say that, you it, know, yeah. usually often with seasonal affective. Yes. That um, I I would say that most of the time you're not going to be dealing with someone that's going to actually need medication. Yeah. I think that sometimes a patient does need that boost, but I think most of the time... When p- patients are dealing with this, you know, they can deal with this, uh, you know, uh, outside of the realm yes. of medication. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I, I believe in psychotropic drugs. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't know that that is where you need to go with this diagnosis. I really like the natural. They call it the full spectrum light uh, therapy where they shine the light you can do this yourself. You actually, you sit two feet away from a bright light. It should be about 20, 20 times brighter than normal room lighting. And uh, 10 to 15 minute session per day. You increase it to 35 to 45 minutes per day. And depending on how you respond to it. And they're saying don't look directly at the light source. But you want to basically, what you're doing is you're kind of hijacking your brain uh, for that less sun and we're getting ready to change our clocks back on sunday right saturday uh, what 2 p 2 a.m on uh sunday morning we're getting ready to change our clocks back so you guys already know the sun you know it's up it's 5 30 it's in the sky right now come monday or come sunday the sun's going to be down right now so this is something to consider you're going to be preemptive with this okay Light therapy. I recommend all the holistic things, Scotty. Like, get yourself some aromatherapy. Yeah. My sister uh, right now is really into aromatherapy. If anyone's interested in buying some oils, my sister. No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Scottysister.com. And uh, but I don't really I don't really know much about those aromatherapy. But I do know that that it is uh, something that people are, you know, looking into yes. and that it are experimenting with and that there is some research that shows that, you know, that it's it's valid. Yeah, I, I personally think that if 
I th- I'm not sure that it works where it doesn't work, but I think that if you find value in it, if it works for you, can't I hurt. can't argue with your experience. Right. right? It can't hurt. And well, it's known that, uh, you know, peppermint, the, the scent of peppermint or even chewing peppermint gum can increase um, concentration. So there are essential oils. You have peppermint oil. So something that, that is a, a burst, something that's bright, lemongrass. I always say those spring scents in the wintertime, those, you know, do the opposite of the, uh, in other words, <laughs> somebody might get depressed when they smell pine cone. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I mean, if you're smelling the Christmassy things and it yeah. doesn't. No, see, I just put that apple spice. I have one of those candles. You yes. Know, I love that. See, you I love, love, the, you love the Christmas. If you're a person that that depresses you and it makes you sad because it makes you think about Christmas, I'm I'm saying go for the springtime scents. Because maybe you have to hijack your brain into bypassing. By you know, citronella. Citronella, some lemongrass, all those, you know, those perky scents. Um, also, it's recommended that you spend, out, spend some time outside every day, even if it's cloudy, even if it's cold. Go outside, if you can, 30 minutes a day. Um, you do want to exercise. 30 minutes a day? 30 minutes. Th- exercising for 30 minutes a day. Oh, my God. If you can swing it. Which means, you know, if you're able, maybe you get yourself a gym membership through for, for a couple months. Maybe that would help. You know, I had a gym membership for six months, and, and I went twice. You went twice. I have no gym I went membership. Once, I went once when I signed up, and I went once when... Um, <laughs> When they tried to, like, they had a personal trainer, and they spent the whole time trying to sell me on coming to the gym. awesome. And, like, the only exercise I did was running on the treadmill. (laughs) And, like, the whole time, I'm like, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And I thought, I'm never coming back. And and I paid the dues for six months. And then I was like, oh, I'm not doing this. You sound like me. Like, I I, I know that the gym can help, but I just... Somehow I don't believe in the gym. It's like yeah. a belief system for me, and you have to believe in it yeah, to use it. Yeah, I didn't it. get that religion. We don't believe in it. Yeah, yeah. We we do believe in the in the in the cinnamon roll, though, don't we? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I bought donuts this morning. <laughs> believe in donuts. So okay, which leads to eating a well balanced diet. You need energy. You need energy. Okay, we eat more starch and sweets during the winter. It is a known fact. There's nothing wrong with continuing to eat healthy meals throughout the wintertime. Um, who says you can't have a cranberry chicken salad? You know what I mean? Like, eat eat food made from plants, not in plants. That's, that's my saying. You can quote me on that. Eat more foods from plants, less foods made in plants. Make sense? And by plants, I mean factories. So, I would, okay. uh, it took me a second. Yes, so, um, another thing to combat the uh, to combat the isolation is going to be having a person that you pick and call. Um, that's something that we do quite a bit with our patients. We encourage people to connect with a social circle, with the support network. Absolutely, most important. What if people don't have one? So I think that people um, need to find that outlet, and that there are multiple places that you can look and i think the first place is you have to look at in yourself and say okay what am i into what are the things that i would enjoy doing you know i 
I you know I belong to the the Clyburn, um, which is an association that does a lot of uh, classical music events, yes, and um, concerts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Uh, you know, I've met people through that organization. I um, you know have at different times been involved with different religious groups um, and and different things like that. I'm not at this time, but I think that. You th- have to think about, you know, is a sporting event something you're gonna gonna reach out and meet people in? Uh, is it gonna be, um, you know, a book club? You know, there's Meetup.com. There are ways to reach out to people and find people that like to do what you like to do, and then do that together. Yes. Yes. And 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 something that, you know, And I think it yeah. happens in stages because I yes. think that I I think that you can be connected. I think that today connection can come in a lot of forms. I think that, you know, today uh my I don't know what he is. He's an ex. Um at, that we we text more than we talk on the phone and it's become the way we communicate, you know. And so okay. if that's how you're if that is a method that you communicate and connect and do it, then I think that it's important that you that you go with that. If yes. that's if that if that is a, an effective way to communicate. If, I agree with that because I think for so long we've you know the thing about technology it's like it's coming to our world it's coming to our life and we have. I was a person that shunned it initially. I'm like you know oh my god look at what we're becoming, but there are wonderful amazing aspects of reaching out i've seen people do it i've done it where you go ahead and reach out um facebook you know your instagram whatever it is yeah are there negatives to it yes but for a person if you find yourself isolated but it allows you to kind of stay in the fray and and connected then do that but if you find that it harms more than it helps then that's something that we would recommend. I would yeah. shy away from. I mean, I think that myself, I would really recommend my patients reach out to people individually yes. and yes. not make a broad statement on. I mean, because to me, that's almost a a whiny thing, kind of like attention on, seeking. Yeah, yes. a whiny thing to yeah. put on Facebook. Ah, yeah. I, I guess. I yeah, that's I what I mean. More like send I, a message. I, yeah. I, not that I. I think you have to be where you're at. And I think that different people function differently. But I would really encourage my patients to reach out on a personal level, even if it is through Facebook Messenger or through however, whatever means you communicate. Yes. But I I would shy away from broadcasting. Yeah, please don't do that. Don't do that. That's not what I meant. I was, I mean, exactly what Scotty said. Like, because it, it, you know, for those of you, if, if that's, We've seen it. I've done it. Think of the beginning. Like, you know, you, you just kind of put it out there. But the thing about that is, is it's not received the way that you desire for it to be received. Right. And it kind of can be off-putting to people where it's like, you know, get help. Like, why, why are you, what are we going to do? This is not the forum. Yes. Yeah. But you will find, I've had people reach out to me directly but behind the scenes in my inbox Hey, I've got a problem. I've got an issue. Can you help me? Bam. Now I'm put on notice that right. you need help and I can act as right. opposed to, as you're saying, that broad blanket statement. And in many ways, if somebody doesn't respond, you're going to tank. Right. Nobody cares. Nobody's listening to right. me. 
and right. it, then you back where you started again. Right. And I mean, yeah. I I just don't respond to those messages that people say. Well, I know that I have friends. If people will cut and paste this and put it on their Facebook, right? And, Please and don't. I'll be like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't even do this. But you know, if you reach out to me and you say, hey, I really need somebody. I need to do this. Yes. Or I need to sit down with lunch yes. with somebody. I'll tell you, I mean, I will clear my schedule. Yes. I mean, I can make that a priority. Very much so. But, you know, I'm not going to cut and paste some quote you got on your Facebook because you're feeling depressed. Not, I just can't do it. Not going to do it. Just going to put it out there. Um, this is, as always, like I said, with, with Scotty, we we just we just vibe. Scotty's my dude. Um, and... I want you all to know, again, I'm going to reiterate on that. Reach out to one person to put that person on notice. Because if that person can't help, let's say that person may be burdened or they do not know how to help, they can reach out to someone on your behalf and help you get to get the help that you need, right? Because the goal, again, taking in the information, putting it out so that you can take action Get what you need. We got so much more to come. We're going to lay out, um, you know, just kind of address expectations, ways to try new traditions, okay? How to deal with family dysfunction, right? We got to touch on a little bit about, you know, the effects if you're, you're using substances over the holidays, things like that. We definitely got to deal with grief. I know a lot of people that had major loss this year and, you need to know how to get through the holidays. I go through it with you. Uh, but just some more tips on how to keep your mind right, how to keep your emotions balanced through the season, and um, just kind of like a clinic, just checking in. You are more than welcome to call in as well. If you have any questions, 214-717-4678, 214-717-4678. My name is Latanya Davison, and I am the host of Middle Speak Radio here on the Fishbowl Radio Network. We're not done.
to the Middle Speak Radio Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. I'm your host, licensed master social worker, LaTanya Davison. I'm sitting in with my good friend, licensed professional counselor, Scotty Gilmore. Here I am. Hey, hey, hey. And we, we just, we like to, um, when Scotty sits in with me, we just, we do a, we try to approach you know, mental, mental health issues, mental illness as lightly as we can. It's, it's a, it's, it can be heavy, you know. But 
like we always are able to kind of keep it a little bit in the realm of like this is what it is like yeah. let's let's deal with it so uh we're talking today mental wellness prep for the winter listen a lot of us you know if you got the money you take your car to you take your car to i don't know jiffy lou wherever you take your car to the mechanic you get your tires checked you get your air checked you get your tire tread check your oil change your chassis check your battery check right you're prepping it for the winter time because you don't want to break down uh or you may know that your car doesn't do too well in the winter time right so you're doing all the prep no different than prepping your mind and prepping your body and again on the mental speak show show is all about you know, information for mental and emotional prep for whatever situation that you're facing, whether social or personal. So that's what we're doing today. We've been talking about just facing the the seasons, you know, the seasons change. There is one absolute that you can guarantee in this life, and that is that the seasons change. And so we want you to be equipped with the tools to be able to face it and get through it. If you are a person who actually has mental health diagnosis, uh, this helps. If you are a person who doesn't have any kind of mental health diagnosis, but you have recognized cycles within yourself each season, this this is for you as well. You may recognize it in your children, your parents. You're going to see family members throughout this season, and we want you to be aware for yourself, and we want you to be aware for your loved ones, Okay. You also may have someone reach out to you. So you're going to be armed with these tools to be able to to point, you know, something's not quite right. Um, we went over seasonal affective disorder. I want to I want to start the conversation about grief. Uh, this is going to be kind of probably like quite a deep segment, you know, as we get into it. Um, but grief is one of those things, you guys, where I'm not just talking grief with death but grief of change right absolutely grieving is the process of experiencing the emotions of loss or change okay that's what people have to understand i think we don't know you know we'll talk to patients and i was telling scotty on the break i'll I'll have some we'll have someone come in and they have depression or what we think is just depression and they'll say, you know, I got a divorce or, you know, uh, so or my spouse just left. I'm just separated right now. And I, my life is about to change. Right. My children were taken from me uh, by CPS. Uh, someone died. Change. Right. I got sick. Uh, I, I have I, I got diagnosed with a physical disability and I've got to find a new way to live. So grief is not just death. It's not just attributed to death, okay? So, Scotty, how how do the do the season, or really should the holiday season? How does it exacerbate grief? I think it brings up all of your memories and and what you've had in the past, and I think what you expect for the future, right? And so, um, I think that. 
when you when you approach the holidays you remember oh when grandma made those cookies or how we used to go to the family's house and uncle judy would come or aunt judy would come and uncle larry and they would bring the potato pie and you remember all those those memories and then those memories aren't there and and if you aren't working to replace to make new memories because life is fluid that that's the that's the fact nothing is nothing is static nothing nothing it's really about acceptance of change um i've been having the conversation for whatever reason over this last week about um time and how many you know, people will say to people, time heals all wounds. And I'm like, that's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense to say that to someone. Because if you took away the calendar and the clock, what's left? Moments, right? Thoughts and actions that lead to moments and events. Right. So really, to grieve, the process of grieving is events that move you away from that initial moment where the change occurred. Right. And so a person can say can stay stuck in grief because they never create new actions. Right. And I think you yeah. have different things that you're looking at. I think that <clears throat> I run into patients and the difference probably the patients that you're working with and the patients that I work with that are dealing with grief yes is that the patients that you deal with mostly are dealing with fresh grief or yes. or dealing with things that they're working through whereas I deal with patients who I'll say have you had any death or loss in your life recently and they'll say oh yes my mom passed away and you'll say oh well, when did that happen and they'll say 2001. Right. Okay, that is that that is a step beyond. Mm-hmm. This is this is where you know that there is something has stopped functioning. Unprocessed grief. Right. Yeah. Um which is which is something you don't want to get. Where mm-hmm. you don't want to get. You know, you need to go through the stages of grief and work through it and process it. If you need to sit down with a professional or a friend, somebody who, you know, can support you and listen to you and bring those things out in you so that you can work through the different stages. Yes, yes. And we are going to talk about the stages of grief. Let me tell you what the so the the definition of grief is Keen mental suffering or distress over affliction or loss. It's sharp sorrow, painful regret. Okay, so, so sorrowful. You're 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 in a state of 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 sorrow and sadness. So, how we differentiate between just depression that's not clinical depression? Uh, it's you're going to have some of the same symptoms, right, during the grief process. You may feel lonely. You may isolate. Um, you may feel the same kind of sadness as as Scotty was saying. But there is there is an actual diagnosis of unprocessed grief. Yeah, a person can get stuck because they don't 
have the knowledge and the information and awareness of the stages, which we're going to give you right now. It used to be what was called the Kubler-Ross model, and there were five stages that were generally taught to practitioners, uh, from nurses to doctors to therapists. There's recognized, there's a model that's seven stages, which is what I'm going to use. Um, these come in no particular order, y'all. All right? There is no particular order for grief. Or or specific duration. Or specific because, duration. Because certain people are going to deal with certain stages longer than others, and yes. they're going to process through other areas very quickly. Yes. So everyone is going to experience it differently. Yep. But probably to deal with and move on healthily, you need to experience and, and go through all of the stages to a certain extent, I think. Exactly. Exactly. That's the number one thing they want to say to you. So as it relates to the upcoming winter season, again, if you know, imagine how it can compound if someone has already have a diagnosis, right? Have a diagnosis of, of mental illness. And for those who don't. Uh, but for those of you who do already have depression, bipolar disorder, you know, um, or some other disorder, uh, grief can just compound it. But regardless, we want you to understand it and have the different stages so you can kind of pinpoint where you are. Number one is shock and denial. Okay. Uh, this is the, this is that numbness that you feel. So if it's, let's say you have a breakup, you have a relationship that ends uh, again, or someone passes away, which is usually a typical, uh, you know, typical event. But shock is actually a, it's actually a human function to protect us in the same way that you might go into shock if you were hurt physically. Emotional shock actually can keep you from being overwhelmed. And so what does it look like, Scotty, that that shock and denial? It's the person that says, okay, this is this has not happened. This 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 didn't occur. Couldn't be possible. Couldn't be possible. I know what it is. I know what it seems like. He wouldn't leave. She wouldn't leave. This isn't. They would never do this. They would never do this. Okay, We're, we're in this stage. You need to understand this can last for weeks. Okay, but know that it is an emotional protection to be so that you are not overwhelmed. And I think that that comes in different forms. I know that one of my closest friends, his brother, I I actually walked through with him uh, with um, his brother committed suicide. And it was really different to be as a clinician, be on the family side of going through the suicide. And um, my friend to this day. There are denial. There are aspects of denial yes. that he still, and I don't know that he's totally processed it, but he still. There are denials. He believes, oh, it wasn't suicide. Someone, someone did this to his brother, and I think that that denial comes in different shapes yeah. for different people. It's not just it didn't happen. I don't believe it. Yeah. It can be different aspects of it. Seeing things. In a different perspective. And if it's a form of protection, for some people... Which I believe that is. Yeah. I believe he's totally protecting himself. Keeps that person from breaking down because if they have to accept the reality of something that they didn't... Because 
now something that that Scotty and I and practitioners as we do we all we always deal with people's core beliefs so you may have a situation where let's say your core belief is you never get a divorce right you are not supposed to divorce and that's your understanding of marriage you may have to be in a state of denial that this is not happening to you because it's something that you don't believe in. Right. Same thing with suicide. There's some people that absolutely are, you know, they, they just really do not believe that someone should take their own life. So for them, maybe that's the protection of, nope, nope, something else had to have happened here because they wouldn't have done that. They didn't believe in that. They don't, right. you know. So something to consider when you are addressing loved ones who are going through these stages is this is why we want you guys to have the information because someone may be needing these stages for survival okay grief is for survival okay it is a process if to go through to go through to go because we ain't going around it you're not going through it i mean you're not you're not going to go around it it. you're not and i i think that you know i mean they say you can hold it off if you're going through hell keep going going. you know i mean so you need to process and work through it yeah keep moving keep it going keep it going whatever stage you're in because again you can get stuck and we call that unprocessed grief okay Pain and guilt is number two. So once shock wears off, now let's say this is, again, could be in different order, but this particular uh, school of thought, the seven stages, the next stage could potentially be pain and guilt once shock wears off. Okay? That's where that unbelievable pain kicks in. Okay? Excruciating, unbearable. This is where your heart hurts. This is where, right? That physical where it hurts in your pit, it hurts in, in the your pit of your gut. stomach, or in the in the yes. right in the center of you, the yes. core. Yes, yes. We know that pain, and that's that's if you if you've never experienced a death, but you've experienced a. Think back to that first love loss. Oh, oh, right. You just right in the gut, curl into a ball. That's what, you just feel it. Okay, people many times will ask, like, God, when is this pain going to go away? This is the most I I almost feel like this is the most difficult part, that that physical pain. Um, And this is this this area where you don't want to self-medicate. Do you understand? You have to feel it. This is going to be the hardest thing to ever tell somebody that you got to feel the pain, but you have to. And as Scotty said, because you got to go through it, you can try to escape it. You can try to drug it. You can try to drink it. You can do all of that. You still have to feel this pain at some point. And you don't want to get in between this healing process, because if you put drugs and alcohol in it, you're going to compound the problem even worse. Yeah, I think that that's true. And I think that people do get in a place where they self-medicate. Yeah. I mean, they they will self-medicate and say, I need to escape this pain. I can't deal with this anxiety. Mm-hmm. I can't. I'm. This is too much for me right now. And I do think that there are absolutely situational um, times in our lives that can come up when, you know, if 
if you think that you're going to overindulge, I think that it's better to seek out a professional and yes. say, I need help. I don't, I'm, yep. I, I can see myself going in this direction. Help me to not go there. And mm-hmm. maybe the answer is, uh, a pharmaceutical. Anti- you know, an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety or something that helps you sleep so that you can take care of yourself without damaging yourself and yes. allow yourself also to slowly go through that process. For sure. Because it, it you know, I think it, it's something that's a learned. And, and I'll, I'll say this to people. I have gone through the death of two both of my grandparents and my parents and a family member uh, who was like a parent in addition to cousins and and aunts and uncles and things like that, that have, that have died. So I can tell you now that I don't hurt as bad as I ever did um, because I've learned how to go through the pain. I can't say that there won't be a pain like this down the line. I can't, you know, or, or right. law. I don't want to know, <laughs> right. but I can tell you, I'm as sure as I'm sitting here, you can get through it. Okay. And, and I honestly, for me, I didn't, you know, I don't have addiction, um, any addiction issues. So, I mean, I'm, I may be speaking to people who do, but I can tell you that it's something that I almost as a human being, I appreciate the ability to cry. I appreciate the ability to shed tears because it is a it is a healing it's it's a healing um function. Use your tear ducts. Once you're able, once that shock and denial wear off, go ahead and cry, man. Like cry whenever you can. And I think I'm trying to remember who I did that with. It might have been my dad's death, but whatever it is, just let it come because if you hold it off, it's going to come at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Many people have told us, be it Scotty, many stories I of breaking that, down. I think, yeah. um, you know, that it's, I think that it can be controlled. Yeah. I don't think yeah. that, I think that you don't have to, uh, that it, it can, it, you can find a place to do that. Man, I, I think that hot shower, yeah. best best place ever, or or, <laughs> or, or with a good friend, good or friend. Curl, curled up in bed, yes. or you know, um, you know, I I think that you don't have to. Um, hopefully, you're not a mess driving down the street, but it can hit you at but any with time, grief, man. You you can't hold it off, but I'm one to say. That in those moments that, especially, particularly if you're alone, let it come. And if you're in the car, pull over. Let it come. Let it come. Um, that's what I, you know, what I've observed to be one of the best medicines when we're doing group therapy and someone breaks down. Everyone in the group, we're just quiet. And you let it happen. You let it occur. And, you let, and the person will usually say, you know, I feel a lot better. I feel, mm-hmm. feel a lot better. So pain and guilt you'll feel it the guilt that comes in a lot of ways it's immediate why didn't i call them why didn't i go visit why didn't i you know or the the relationship is over i should have done more why wasn't i there why didn't i do that why didn't i send flowers why didn't i send flowers you know why didn't i you know text oh my god they wanted to go to breakfast the other day listen first order of business that i do when i when i meet patients and, and, and it's the grief process and they're stuck in that I wish if only had 
I literally, and Scotty may do it in a more gentler way than I do, but I, I get to the place where I want the person to come to grips that they didn't do it. You didn't. You didn't call. You didn't. There will be no more calls, and, and we've got to be right up front. Let's get to it because I want you to be able to get to the next stage because I don't want you stuck in the place of why didn't I? It is what it is, right? And and to me, that leads us to other stages. Boy, that cuts a lot of that's it cuts. cuts a lot of. I mean, that, it's, that's I, a knife. It, it's a knife, but ain't that pain and guilt? Don't it hurt? <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> but if we can get you closest to accepting what you didn't do, we can help you get to what you can do. Because that's out of your control anymore. Absolutely, I think that there's truth. There's in that. no more. I there's, think there's truth in that. There's no more of that. So, number three, anger bargaining. That's when you give other people your pain. Man, come on. Um, Projection, right? Right. You know, so um, I think that, you know, a lot of times that's when the frustration builds up. Why didn't you? You know what? He's gone now and you didn't call him. You should have been calling him more. What You know, he, he wouldn't have got upset if if you hadn't have argued. She wouldn't have left. If you, you know, all, you're coming into where he's saying you're projecting, right? If you don't control projection during the anger and bargaining stage, you can damage relationships that re- that remain. Well, and I think that the bargaining stage that comes in is that, you know, you you try to do, well, if I do this, you do that. If I, if I would have done this, if this would have happened this way, and, and I think that it gets to what you were just saying yeah. where, you know, the situation is the fact remains that yeah. you did not. Yeah. And so where are we now and where can we go? Exactly. What does it take to get there? Which removes the need to bargain because bargaining now you're saying I'm going to take the actions that I didn't take that I wish I had taken, right? Let me do this now maybe and particularly in relationships. So let's say you have a loss of a relationship that as far as you know, when this moment is over, right? Holidays are coming up. You have all these expectations, these dreams, these goals of what you wish still was. Part of your, your uh, you know, a step in this healing process is acceptance, right? Listen, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So uh, bargaining with the person who has gone and has told you that the relationship is done, that they're moving on, whatever this may be. It may be helpful to step back and say, listen, you know what? I know I'm angry about this, really. And a lot of times what your anger is, is the is the sadness, right? The fear, all the fears that crop up and the anger is just masking that. Identify what you really feel. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. And I'm really sad about that. Or I'm angry at myself about it. That way you take responsibility for those emotions that crop up and you take responsibility for what was not done. There's another stage that you've leapt over, that, that you've, you've overcome that hurdle. And in anything, obviously, other than death, if it's a loss of a relationship, you never know. Stepping back from it may give new clarity, right? Okay. Also asking why me, Right. Why me? Why did this happen to me? I've heard someone say, we've said it, heard it many times. Why not me? I'm a human. I'm a human. Life is going to happen to us. Loss is inevitable, right? So, uh, I think that 
you know, I mean, we're talking about grief right now, but I think that that what you just said is really key yeah. in that lo- loss is inevitable. Yeah. And it is something that we need to, on as a preemptive, be prepared for. Yes. That nothing is forever. Everything is fluid. So we need to enjoy and take advantage of everything and just be able to be accountable for what we do today and be happy with what happened today. Because, and that doesn't mean every moment's going to be wonderful and dandy right. and everything I'm going to do is right. right. But to take full acceptance of, okay, this is where I'm at. Life isn't always going to be this way. You know, it's not, it's, my life isn't perfect, but you know, my life isn't bad. Yeah. And, and it removes the whole, please, please just, you know, take away this pain where a lot of times what will happen is once you're begging for the pain to go away, you could get stuck in it because you're not looking at what, exactly what Scotty said. You're not seeing what's still great. You're missing what is still amazing uh, about about life, even if tragedy has come upon you, right? The, the end or loss of something or someone. Number four, depression, reflection, loneliness. Uh, please never say to someone that they need to be moving on and getting on, Right. Uh, grief can be months long. Grief can be years long. It can be, uh, depending on the level to which someone was connected or attached to someone or a situation, right? I don't care if it, the relationship was, you know, two years or, or 20 years. Every single one of us is going to respond in a different way. Sure, sure. And I think that loneliness is different. And, and cured different for different people. I have an uncle who his wife uh, passed away. My aunt passed away. And um, they were high school sweethearts. And, and she was I, like almost 70 when, he, when she passed away. And my uncle, she's been dead a year and a half, I think. And he's remarrying. Because he doesn't know how to be alone, and he doesn't, and and he's found this great mate, and he's. But I think that people de- have to learn to deal with what they're going through differently. Yes. Because you know, for some people, that would be disrespecting his wife. But he's just he's got to move on and fill that space, and he, he enjoyed that time with with my aunt, and that was a beautiful thing that they had and shared, and it was. A tragic thing when when he law when she was passed away, but now we move on to the next phase. That's, and the next phase is it. that now he has someone else that can be his companion and yes. for how many years that goes on or or however long that lasts whatever it is is a good thing. That's so profound. That's so profound and, and that's really what this is, you guys. I've I've and I've read too that grief never ends. So even if someone has moved on for new companionship, because he's human and human, you know, I don't think he's ever going to be over. He's never going to stop grieving. And I think that's the most important thing to realize is that grief is really it's not it's stages. That's exactly what this it's stages and it can be a lifelong stage. What understanding it offers is the ability to come to the final one. When we get there, you're going to know what it is and you're going to you're really going to get it. But the process is never really, truly over. I would almost say that you remain in that final stage should you achieve it, you know. So I think uh, it's yeah. almost um, more of a reconciliation. Yes. Does, if, does that make sense? Total sense. Yeah. 
And so um, what could happen as you're coming towards the end of your depression stage is that the the it says the magnitude of your loss can be what's depressing. Okay, you may isolate to reflect on the things that you did with your lost one. You may focus on memories of the past. You may sense these feelings of emptiness or despair. Okay, so the thing about the depression is how do how do I combat it, Scotty and Latanya? Well, as he said, sometimes stepping away to reflect is not a bad thing. This, to me, is the time where you begin to replace what you lost with something new so i'm a person where yes there are people who who like to go to the grave site they go to the grave site if that's a person that's something that you like to do i would also add in something that does not focus just on the absence focus on the the delicious meal that that person loved something that you can recreate a new tradition So let's say grandma, Betty, you know, Christmas was her favorite time of year and you become heartbroken every time of year and you're reflecting on it and you're just thinking about how she's not here, but she made an amazing apple pie, bake the apple pie and revel in how amazing her pie was and that you here have her recipe and that you're going to. Bring her life yes. through you yes. and make a new tradition yes. for your family. Yes. And so you are you are bringing her forward and you are, but not in a way of sadness. Not at all. But to say, you know, and, and you are carrying this on for your friends or your family or your church or whoever it is that you connect with. And I think it's so important that you have that body that you connect with if it's even if it's you know friends from work you know i'm i'm very much a homebody and i have a couple of really good friends and that's you know that's really my circle i've got a lot of acquaintances and people i know but you know i you know i i'm an introvert and yeah. i i i like to i like my space so yep. i like my time yep. i like <laughs> i like my quiet apartment my quiet dog yeah you know but um i think that however you find connection that it's important that you connect with those people yes and um that you you share and yeah. they and and you're able to extend those things and something i like to do scotty is i like and i, and I offer this to you to the listeners is especially when it comes to the loss of um of a loved one, you know, they've died. If it's a if it's a family member, always remember you are a genetic re, you're you're a genetic piece of that human being in the earth. You are they are very much still here, very still present. It's something that I really connect with is I am my parents in the earth. They still live through me, right? Through my genetic code. And so I, that that's just something that brings me joy and it brings me a peace that they're not really gone from me. Um, if it's a friend that's passed on, same thing. They, they're, uh, the memories that you have of them, it's, it's, it's presence that we're looking for, right? A lot of times we find ourselves, we didn't appreciate the person's presence when they were here, or maybe we, maybe we really did, but Finding ways to connect, as Scotty said, with the presence, what they had, what they left, 
if you and your friend went to the coffee shop on Sundays and you drank pumpkin spice lattes and that was your thing, guess what? You don't have to stop the tradition. You don't have to. Continue to do it until you feel that it's something that you don't desire to do anymore. But we're replacing... I would would say, I would caution that, you know, sometimes that's not, you know, that it, that right away... Yeah. It, it might be too painful or it might it might well up too much in the beginning but find a way to carry that on make it at know, home and make you know and make it at <laughs> yeah. home yeah. or 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 do it but do it in a slightly different way or do it the same but mm-hmm. i would just i would i would find the way that works for yeah. you, you got to gauge it to al- allow it you know i wouldn't force the situation yes, yes. And just finding little things that you can do. Light a candle, right? Write letters. Play their music. I make uh, CDs for my parents. I made uh, CDs of music that reminded me of them. So all that good 70s, 80s music that I rock on the show. (laughs) Put it on a CD. I put it in my car. and And it brings that sense of where I was when they were with me. My car doesn't have a CD player. Oh, I'm... Yeah, I'm... I, I'm, I have, I haven't moved up in the world, Scotty. I don't have, <laughs> I don't have the bells and whistles of the technology that you kids have these days. So yeah, I'm behind. I have a CD player. Well, you can make a Pandora list, can't you? You got, you got the whole satellite radio and all that stuff. I have, uh, it plays through my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you make a Pandora list and put, put your favorite songs or put your favorite singer on there. Okay. Let's move into the, the new, the upward turn. As you start to adjust to life without your loved one, guess what? Calm will come. Organization will come as you have moved through these stages, as you move in and out of these stages, right? You may hurt less. The depression will start to lift a little bit. Uh, that's the hope. And you can you can mark this stage. What is it going to look like? What's the stage going to look like, Scotty? It's going to be a more clarified kind of... It'll just seem like the fog is lifting. Right? Sure. This will be the upward turn. The heaviness turn. is going to lift. Uh, you're probably going to isolate less. Um, you know, be a little bit able to acknowledge some of the feelings that you've been experiencing. Yeah. But I think that you still, even in this upward swing, still have a ever consciousness of what's what what is still what is still there. Right. I, I don't think that that is that you forget. Never. No, you never do. Which leads to re- reconstruction and working through. As you start to function more, your mind starts to get more clear. You start uh you're going to have these realistic solutions, right? Hopefully during this time, if you reached out to people, people have kind of helped carry the burden with you. Uh, maybe you start to see some projects that you wanted to finish. Maybe you're going to start seeing some financial issues that maybe you had. If it was a relationship, let's say you and you, you may have clarity that the relationship wasn't as healthy as you thought it thought it was, right? So you start to look at yourself and find yourself again, right? You start to see ways that, you know what? I kind of lost myself a little bit in that relationship. Right. Maybe it's a new time to, to reinvent yourself and get get a new look. You know, 
add a couple pieces to your wardrobe. Maybe well, you find I, a new career. Maybe I think you, that yeah. um, a lot of times, like in in that sort of thing, I know for myself, I have when you say. Um, reflection I think of I've been in relationships where I take a step back out of the relationship and I go who did I become Mm. and who was I during that relationship I mean I was I was in a relationship for specifically a year at one point in my life where when we broke up I was like how did I become that person and where did you know and that's a part of that can be a part of grief and loss that you yes. deal with too. Yeah. And so you kind of reconstruct who yes. you are, put yourself back together, reorganize. And it and it becomes a almost like a joyful kind of thing, right? It it becomes like one of those things where you uh kind of look at yourself and you say, "Oh my god, like I I I have a little more self-awareness." I was able to work through the pain. That feels kind of good to know that you've worked through, you've overcome, you've overcome loss. So you start to have a little bit of a better self-perception. This is a point in time where you start to regain your strength. You start to regain your emotional strength, your mental strength. Okay. And you can start to imagine your life beyond that loved one, beyond that person, beyond that thing, beyond, you know, that career. Right. So there's many aspects of this this is how you start to know that you're doing better the final stage is acceptance and hope and so this is considered the last stage as i said i think that grief is one of those things where it's an ongoing process and you may go back to yeah you may go back to depression sometimes you may have to keep reconstructing yourself you may have pain and guilt down the line you may have more anger and bargaining more shock and denial but how do i know how could someone say I have moved into the last stage of grief. It's when you have acceptance and you have hope for the future. That's when you'll know. And so all of these things that, you know, that we're saying to you again, cyclical process, not linear. Okay. It's something that you may go round and round and round, but acceptance and hope is at least that final anchor that says, okay, I've reached the ultimate part of the grieving process, okay? And you begin start to to put some of the the, the pain is behind you. You know, you you can think back on the person, you can think back on the situation, and it doesn't hurt, right? You know, it it, it doesn't hurt anymore, and that's the ultimate goal. As and yes, I think yes. that one of the things that we want to be mindful of is that we're we're talking about probably a lot of people who experience these these and revisit these points of grief because we're not I mean tonight we're talking about you know gearing up for the holidays one of mm-hmm. some of the, the kind of a boot camp of what is it, what we need to do to prepare for the holidays and yes. those sort of things and so we're not necessarily talking about those who father died two weeks ago we're talking about the one who you know dad might have died five christmases ago so or or a year ago but you 
now it's Christmas and you remember what it's like when he's gone. Yes. And so you might have already worked through some, some of these stages and you might have thought, hey, I'm cool. I accept this. But then all of a sudden you find yourself back on stage two mm-hmm. and you're going, wait, where is this coming from? Yes. But it's totally normal because this is a process. It is not, this is not a destination that you move on from. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, incorporating it into your mind and understanding that now you have the knowledge to recognize it as scotty said we always say the great stuff on the break but what he said is that we we are giving you the language we're giving you the words the terminology to apply to your situation so that you can recognize it when it comes if it comes so that you are saying to yourself oh okay okay i am projecting on the people right i'm projecting anger onto people wait a minute yeah i've been thinking quite a bit you know this is the week that so-and-so passed or you know thanksgiving was the time we all got together they're not here you find yourself isolating in the room as opposed to coming out and spending time with your family they're recognizing something's wrong but now you can or you see it in in a loved one man listen the goal is to arm you with knowledge the goal is to give you information so that you can find balance in your life that's what we do here on mental speak and we are not done yet we still got a few more tips and tools to give you doing a mental health check you're listening to the fishbowl radio network on fbrn.us or you are on your fishbowl radio app either way i'm glad that you're here glad that you're listening
to the Mental Speak Show on the Fishbowl Radio Network. I'm your host, Latanya Davison, sitting in with Scotty Gilmore, licensed professional counselor. And we're coming into this final stretch of mental wellness for the winter. Looking at an amazingly beautiful sunset here in North Texas. It is always, always a wonderful sunset here. I don't know, what it, what is it about the Texas sunsets, man? They're just awesome. I think it's blinding. It's blind. He says it's blind. It's beautiful. Okay, we're looking looking out at. I the, drive into the sunset every day. Every day in on my on my way home because I drive into Fort Worth, and so I I drive straight into the sun. And every morning I drive straight into the sun as the sun is so rising. You are done. So I'm like, oh, I don't need the sun anymore. I don't want to see it. <laughs> you have no appreciation. Yeah, we we. I we, can't wait for the the hours to change so I won't see the really. The, oh my God! Nah, yes. man, we need the sun. But yeah, we get to look out over at uh, the 18th. But it is stadium. 
where the Dallas Cowboys play, and the, uh, we look at the Texas Ranger Stadium out of the Is window. Is there the erecting fishbowl. a new? Yes, as they're putting up more stuff for people to go and mill about there the what is it it's called the sports comp entertainment complex i think it's what it's called it's like a billion dollars worth of stuff that i won't be going to (laughs) (laughs) someplace i'm gonna avoid someplace i won't be driving past but it's cool you know jerry jones does his thing with uh with the the stadium over there, but it, it it's an adjoining complex for the Ranger Stadium and the Dallas Cowboys Stadium, AT and T Stadium. And over I there, think so. they're very nice people. I I don't know. Oh, but. yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, but <laughs> no, so we've been talking about uh, we've been talking about you know just getting your mind, getting your emotions ready for the winter time, and and particularly with the holidays coming up. I wanted to do it early in November. Last time I waited, I think. Well, okay, my show started in December, so it wasn't until I don't know maybe like mid December that I was doing a show like this. But I said this year I need to start, you know, in November to really get people ready. So what we're going to do now in this last stretch is just kind of give you some tips of how to combat um, or to how to step away. This is what we would do in therapy. Okay, this is where we actually leave you with the tools. Um, we've gone over grief, and I think it applies to everyone. I think that even if it's not like a major loss, just change in and of itself in our lives can be daunting and overwhelming and sometimes we don't even realize that we're just grieving you know a child may have left home you may have an empty nest you know all these kinds of things and something about the winter time because the winter time in eastern teachings very much so tell us that the seasons winter is about change it's really what you're honoring you're honoring the movement of the sun in the sky and the shift in away from the green, you know, the summer and uh, life, what appears to be fullness of life. And I think the wintertime actually reminds us that life, the only constant is change and and transition. Right. We use the word death, but, you know, yeah, we, we use the word death, but it's really it, it's change. Okay, and so we want to be able to help you have the tools to face it because it's inevitable. But if you get to the highest level of, of, of self-actualization, it actually becomes kind of a it comes a beautiful thing of acceptance, knowing that it's just part of our life that we're living. You know, absolutely. Yeah. So expectations, Scotty, like, come on. So I think that expectations I find with myself um, and I try to communicate with this to people in my life, um, and I try to help my um, clients and patients with expectations. Yeah. Because I think that I have found for myself that I can manage almost, I, I wouldn't say any situation, but I can, I, I can get hold of uh, and deal with situations when i know what the expectations are you know when i walk into a day at work and i know that i'm expecting it's all on me i can i can i can face that and say okay anything that happens today i'm responsible for it but if i think i have two people helping me all day and then i walk in the morning and you know i find out at nine o'clock 
that I'm all by myself, you know, it's a different scenario. It might be the same work, but my expectations were different. And so now I've got all this stuff to do and no one to help. And I think that that's the same a lot of times in life. That, you know, if we can manage our expectations, if we know, you know, well, wh- what is the expectation? When when should I expect this to be done? What is reasonable? Then, and, and if I have the answers to those questions, then I know what to expect from someone. Right. And so, and I think that asking questions and getting answers today is easy to do. I mean, you can type into Google a lot of questions. You can make some phone calls and find out, you know, what's it going to, what, what the answers are today. Yes. And with those answers, you can alleviate a lot of the stress and the worry that comes, you know, f- from not knowing. Yes. And and so if you if you can figure out the answers or the expectations, so that you know, well, this is the reality of what is is going to be. These are the options that I'm going to have. This is where I this is where I might end up. So you can figure out how you're going to land in the situation. Yes. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I offer to people, too, that when it comes to the holidays, I would like to see us start to shift away from expecting of other people. Uh, you know, it's, it's difficult in America. I know we have listeners around the world, but in America, something about the holiday season and the expectations that are programmed in us through the media from day, from birth, the expectation of gifting and and you know who's going to cook the dinner you always cook the dinner we cook it like this and we make it like this and we do it like that and you know or the expectations of um you know i and i think a lot of those set us up for those those crashes right of the grief in certain situations where you you put expectations on people that they may not be able to meet and I think that, as Scotty said, go ahead and also address your expectations. Get real about what you expect of people and ask if it's not too much. Are you putting a burden on yourself and other people with your expectations? Right. Because you're just setting yourself up for disappointment. Number one, people are not going to always be able to deliver what you have in your mind. Right. Right? Right. So this leads to the next tip which is using assertive communication. Which how essential is communication? I think it, uh, communication is key. Yeah, I, I think it it's key, and I think that when you don't speak, um, you know, if I don't speak up, then it, and, and communicate to you what I'm feeling or or what I think of a situation, then. Um, then it's not being fair to you. Yeah. And I think that communication, I mean, I took a communication at one point, communications class at one point, and it was, it was a novel concept to me that communication, uh, the actual definition involves like also you receiving that message and understanding. Yes. And yeah. so communication is a two way flow of information. Yeah. To commune. To commune, to come together, and to put our minds together, right? Because yeah. otherwise, 
It's an oritation. Man. And talking at you. Right. Yeah. Rather than with you. And and under and asking the person, do you understand what I'm saying? Are you you know are you receiving what I'm saying? But the you know and 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 in addition to all of that, again assessing yourself and what it is that you desire. But I like to see us asking ourselves, you know, what can I manage myself? What can I handle during this time? If you find that there are things that you can't handle, don't put any greater expectations on yourself. If you can't cook the dinner this year, I here's here's your words. I know I typically cook the dinner this year. I know I typically host at my home this year. I I don't know that I'm able to do it this year and I don't feel like it's something I could do. Maybe now you problem solve. Can we go to Cracker Barrel for Thanksgiving? They make a delicious meal, by the way. Not that they are I mean, if you want to sponsor the show, that's great. I'm not. I'm just putting it out there. Right. But Cracker Barrel is a great place to go if you want to eat. But any anywhere, wherever you are, maybe that's something that you can't do. Maybe you can't buy as many gifts as you used to. Right. And I think that that's an important thing yeah. for any of us. I, I know that myself... Um, you know, I love my family, and I think that my family is wonderful, but I think, you know, I live in Fort Worth for a reason, they live in Dallas, you know, <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Know thyself. And, <laughs> and so, like, when Christmas comes, you know, I'm real clear that I can do about two or three hours, and then, I mean, and that's not just Christmas, right. that's that's Thanksgiving, that's Easter, that's uh, birthdays, I can do two, three hours, and then I, that's that's all I can do. And I'm sorry. And I that's what I have to offer is what I have to give. Yeah. I am not it is not within me to do more than that. That's on this and, list, Scotty. And I think that <laughs> leaving early and and not getting overwhelmed or overstimulated with with your attendance. And I yeah. that's not I, I for myself that's you know, that's the introverted part of myself, but I think that it's a protection because yes. I want to love my family and I want to come back and see them. And if I have to stay for them for fi- with fi- them for five hours, <laughs> it is not going to be healthy for our relationship. And so because I love them, I have to yeah. leave after three. You understand your limitations. And and that is the self-awareness. I know I, I have a and lot. And they're not listening, so I can say that. That's perfect. But they're very aware. Yeah. But that's the self-awareness that we're saying and the not putting greater expectations on yourself than, than is necessary. I think in the past, over the, the decades, we've seen that. We've seen people, you know, put themselves out financially and then they complain about it come January when all the bills come due. Right. right. Or you didn't have the money that you need to pay your bills come January 1st. You don't have to overextend yourself. You don't have to do it. It's a choice. It's a very conscious choice to do that. If you are a person who knows that you have even emotional distress or mental health diagnoses, or you don't, you just know that you get stressed, this is a time for you to step back and do a self-assessment. Communicate to the people that are in your world. They may get offended. Let them have it. That's theirs. You know how much you can do, right? I say get socks for everyone for Christmas. Buy some socks. Yeah, and do it every year if that's your thing. Because we always had an aunt. She was going to give you a sweatshirt. You're going to get a sweatshirt. That's what she could do. That's what she could afford. And we appreciated it. I think I'm going to buy everybody socks. There you go. Do some socks. Um, So, again, 
hosting. If you know that hosting is not your thing, come up with some other suggestions. Come up with maybe do the Secret Santa game, right, where you just buy one. Um, changing tradition. You can change the tradition anytime you want to. You can. I, I hear some people like, no, we can never stop doing that. If what you do cost you your mental wellness and your emotional balance, then it's something that you need to consider changing. Absolutely. And it is perfectly okay to go do something new. And matter of fact, new traditions are awesome Mm because they're new. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one, this, I think it was this last year, we did, um, we actually celebrate either Thanksgiving or Christmas. We don't celebrate both. And and so, um, we, I think it was Thanksgiving last year, but we did, um, we went out for dinner and it, I'm telling you, it, we, we we didn't have to do dishes. Somebody we else didn't have to cook. We didn't have to cook the meal. Man. We didn't have to plan everything. All you had to do everybody was leave a got, tip. Everybody got what they wanted. I mean, it, it, it and and you know what? It we it was good. Are you doing it again? Hell yes. See, it, new tradition. And and it's peaceful, and it you let somebody else handle it and take care of it. That's what the rest. That's why these restaurants are hip to it, man. They're open. I saw a place. What, matter of fact, down the street, there's a restaurant. And they're like, hey, our hours on Thanksgiving, 10 a.m. They are opening at 10 a.m. They get it, okay? Saying no, no is your friend. It's one of the best boundaries that you can have. It is okay to say no. You can say it in a loving way. You can say it in a way that people will understand or not understand. Regardless, if it brings you into wellness, do what's within your means. But if you cannot do it, go ahead and say no. It's okay. All right. They may forgive you. They may not. <laughs> um, if you are a person who requires medication for whatever it is, from your diabetes to your mental illness, take your meds. All right. Take your meds. Don't don't get rid of your meds. Um If you need to set schedules, make schedules. If you need to abandon your schedule, abandon your schedule. That's okay. Excessive spending. Do we even need to go to that one? You guys already know what it is. Do not spend beyond your means during this time. Do you need to hear us say it? Yes, you do. I want to address very quickly false hype of the season and what, again, expectations and traditions of what this is, particularly in America you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive gift. You don't have to do it. I think these days are Unless over. it's for me. Unless it's for Scotty. But for me, you don't have to buy me anything, okay? You don't you don't have to do I like gold. Anything. He likes gold. Sparkly things. Sparkly things. But the the hype that has that's been built up, you guys, it was an illusion, okay? You can enjoy this season with your family, with your loved ones in a way that fits you that fits your pocketbook that fits um who you are as a person okay um and last but not least self-care scotty how important is self-care i think uh number one on the list is self-care I number think one that, um you 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 gotta set time aside for yourself i think that you need to Plan on your scheduled time when you're going to take that time away and, you know, sneak off to a museum or go to a concert or, you know, tuck yourself away in in your room with a book or watch YouTube or, you know, watch some old Christmas movies. Whatever it is that 
allows you to regenerate. You know, some people love to energize themselves by being with other people, and yes. they they just are create, extroverts. They're extroverts mm-hmm. in that way. But whatever you need to do to care for yourself, identify what that is. Put it in your calendar, and then if you need more. Don't be afraid to set some boundaries and say, hey, I've got to take some time. I, I need this time for myself. Exactly. And little things, you know, when it comes to wintertime, um, you know, thinking about your body. A lot of times, you know, we, we can let ourselves go, right? We overindulge or we don't take care of our skin or things like that because it's cold outside, right? You're inside. I think this is a great time, like a, particularly if you're a person who... Uh, you know, you like hot baths. You like, you know, this is a time you can indulge in, um, you know, scented baths and baths that moisturize, taking really good care of your skin. That could be a way to focus on your body and taking care of your body. Um, if you're a person who you do like to work out, but like me, you can't stand the cold, find something that you can do in the home. You know, find find something that you can do as far as a workout. Um it can make you feel better about yourself. Remember, we're attacking uh, the seasonal affective disorder. It also helps with, remember, we're sitting around more in the wintertime. We're not burning as much, right? It's cold outside. So even working out in little stages uh, can make you feel better about yourself, and it can burn those extra calories that you have. So listen, that is, in a nutshell, your wellness clinic for the the upcoming months, right? Uh, Texas, thankfully, we don't have a long, too long of a winter. Usually. 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 Generally. I just want to throw in that, you know, if you are feeling overwhelmed and you need to reach out, that there are professionals that you can, you can lean on, uh, during this time, you know, normal stress is, you know, during the holidays is a normal thing, but, um, there are people in your community who deal with these things every day. And if you are in a position where you are ready for some help or you're, you think, hey, I'm not sure, you can touch base with a, with a counselor in your area or a therapist and see if um, you know that's the right fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and that's... The most important thing, if, if nothing else that we've said today, is to reach out to someone, to reach out to someone. Again, stay off the, you know, the, the, the broad Facebook post because it doesn't typically or you know, social media posts um, because people typically aren't able to receive it in the way that um, is the way that you need is, is a healthy way. The Internet is your friend as well, but you can also refer back to the middle speak uh podcast which it will be uploaded as after the show you're going to find the show on apple music google podcast spotify iHeartRadio, radio tune in radio on and on and on if you go to the mentalspeakradio.com page you're going to find all the the links to the podcast there i'd love to hear from you lt at mentalspeakradio.com feel free to hit me up uh let me know what you like what you don't like and uh, give us good feedback. I've got more shows coming up for you throughout the season to warm us up. I got uh, old school jams to uh, lighten the soul as we go through this time period uh, of change. I'm a person, 
like I said, I used to have depression bouts um, during this season, and I would dread the coming of winter. Surprisingly, this year, I am embracing it. I've accepted that change as part of this life. It's probably also turning 40 this year. Just I've, I have a new lease on life that I just want to embrace all that comes. And just That'll wear off by 43. Uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not counting years until 50, Scotty. <laughs> okay. Until 50. Listen, you guys, I appreciate your presence every week as you're here, as you share, as you tune in. Just coming through to give you everything that you need to find balance within yourself and within the society that we live in. I'm Latanya Davison, your host. I'll be here next Friday. Thank you so much for listening to the Middle Speak Radio Show. Thank you so much, Scotty, as always. My One of my favorites. Well, it's, it's been favorites. a good to be here. Yes, sir. All right, y'all. Get at me, and I will see you next week.